Alright, welcome to episode 45 of the Punk Off Podcast. Once again, I am Dan Destroyer. Chris Crude. And today we have a guest with us, uh, Matt Ehrman of Capture One Studios. Correct? Hi. How you doing? <laughs> so actually, I'm going to go ahead and just get this out of the way. It's so Matt and I actually know one another. From long back, him and I went to high school together. So Many years. 25 years I know, to be dude. exact. <laughs> so I'm going to at least go ahead and get that out of the way. So that's just off the table and everybody knows. So Go Redskins. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so now, is, is, is that the important part, the fact you went to school together? Are we going to interview everybody who went to school together? Or okay. does, he, does he have a purpose? He has a purpose. What, but maybe what? eventually we'll do everybody. No, what? no, we're not going to do everybody who went to school. <laughs> well, I, I only graduated 40 people in my class, you know, small class, so. Ours was not, ours was 39? 30-something, yeah. 38, 39, so. Love Northwest Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, actually one of the reasons I want to have Matt on, he's actually been following a line of work I had dabbled in early when I worked in TV a little bit and wanted to kind of get into, but I think it's just really cool, A, that someone in this area is doing it, and two, that someone I know is doing it, but uh, Matt's been actually making movies, short movies. Yes. So, I'll let you go ahead and elaborate on that a little bit. Well, uh... The, I opened a studio in January of 2013, not with the idea of making movies, but uh, with the idea of making money from doing like video production and video, you know, videography stuff yes. like that. Um, I found out that around here that doesn't really fly very much, and there's yeah. not a lot of calling for that. But uh, being that we're we're localized and the way we are and where Fostoria is located, I mean, we got Cleveland. Uh, Columbus, Detroit, all within a couple hours, Toledo, and that's where I find most of my work. So we started making money doing that, and at the same time I was working full-time as a graphic artist. Um, and so I was basically doing like 17 to 20 hour days, like six days a week, and yeah. I was really starting to get tough. And then, so for the next four years I basically worked on that, and then this year, at the beginning of January 2017, I went full-time with the studio, um, with the confidence and the money to be able to just quit my job yeah. and, and do it full time. Uh, in the process of that, uh, we wanted to do a lot of advertising to get the business going. And we started doing little commercials for ourselves and then it just hit me one day, you know, I, you know, since 1978 I've always loved movies when Star Wars came out and mm. I've just been a huge fan of that um, and it hit me I'm like well we should make a movie and make that kind of be like the way we advertise our business because we can reach a lot bigger audience who wants to chime in to watch a commercial about a video production company but if we have a movie that maybe they can watch for a few minutes they see our logo they figure out who we are links to our website it's, it's like it's like a it's like a glorified commercial mm. and so we started on that like clear back in um, 2014 is where we got the idea for that we started making little short films and you know I don't know if you've ever tried to make a short film but doing a commercial for a business <laughs> is so different than trying to make a short film it's like the hard other than raising a child it's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do in my entire life yeah. actually it's it's tough yeah if you're unless you're just shooting straight dialogue I like Kevin Smith's style where someone just walks into the scene. Right. Yeah, it gets a little tough with setup. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and even dialogue, depending on how how uh, how temperate you are for your audio. You know, I'm I played in bands myself for many years, and so I have an ear for audio, and I'm very picky about it. So it actually ends up becoming difficult because we have to, you know, the audio's got to be great, yeah. or we're redoing it, and 
So yeah, it's a it's a very difficult task. That's why we actually broadcast this podcast in Dolby Seven Point One. Uh, <laughs> if you can hear me, I'm on the right. <laughs> I'm on the left. <laughs> I'm coming through the central cha- center channel base. <laughs> Good old Zoom. <laughs> No, I know what you mean. I've never actually tried, like, uh, filming and directing. The most I've done is shot videos of the different bands I've seen or have been in, and then, you know, edit that up and sync it up with uh, live audio tracks and put short little videos, you know, just cut different scenes out of this and that and have videos for bands to play or watch, you know. Yeah. Mostly self-preservation too, you know, recording my own shows to have something to look back on oh. later on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. See where you missed a beat or your drumstick got stuck in a fake spider web? Oh, well, that's that's, <laughs> every, that's every other show. <laughs> spider webs are just on Halloween though. Yeah, I know. I just it's one of those moments I won't forget. I'm just watching that video and seeing Oh, the stick went right in the spider web. <laughs> and I said, they're trying to play with one hand while Spidey's got my other one. <laughs> and you mentioned something about uh, advertising. Do you have any advertising you want to do, like a, a Facebook websites, anything? Um, yeah, our, wanna... web, our website's at www.captureoneonline.com. And uh, uh, you can find us on Facebook too at uh, Capture One. I believe it's Capture One Online as well. Um, the Capture One Studios uh, uh, web domain was was taken, and they wanted like ten thousand dollars. So I was like, okay, nope. <laughs> we'll change it to something else and forget that. We'll wait on that budget. So, but yeah, those those are the best places to find us. And um, and we're always posting like you know all the things that we do. Uh, either on our Instagram, which is Capture One Studios, uh, or on Facebook. So, so and some of your films have been hitting the circuit as far as, how I want to say, like the smaller, independent kind of movie yes. scene. I've, so, yeah, I've, I follow. So. <laughs> well, I uh, like, like I said, we started in 2014 trying to make some movies, or actually 20, 2015 was the first time we actually came out with one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and since that time, you know, we learned, like, the thing you do about movies is you learn all the things not to do. Instead of just learning the things to do, you always learn what not to do. And eventually, after you get through enough of those not to do's, you start actually making something halfway decent. Um, And, you know, not to really knock on our first film, but it was our first attempt, and we we didn't have real actors. They were just people we kind of brought in off the street we turned into actors. Um, And so that's always tough to deal with, too. And and then you learn that, you know, well, hey, when you bring somebody in that's done this and has experience, it does make a difference on film. So we started to do that. We started pulling people from, like, theater stages because we still didn't really have quite the budget to pay people. Um, So we... It was all volunteers, and yeah. and anybody out there that's really any good, they're not going to show up for a for a no time studio that with for no money. Yeah. So, so we were stuck with what we had to work with, and eventually we kept building that and building that, and the actors we kept working with and the actresses they kept getting better. So this year, uh, we worked on three different short films, and all three of them just, you know, raised we raised the bar of how good we were over the last couple of years yeah you know and though we haven't hit steven spielberg level yet we're above and beyond i think what i see a lot of local um 
you know, just like YouTube videos that yeah. you happen to see. You know, we, we've raised a bar above that, you know, and it's an actual entertainment. And uh, so in light of all that, um, we decided to start hitting the film festival circuit. And um, I was really shocked that we started getting, we got accepted right off the bat with my, uh, the film that I created called So Many Things. It's like a post-apocalyptic, can't say that worth a crap. <laughs> post-apocalyptic film where uh, it's like the last 10 minutes on earth and this guy's basically going through his life regretting all the terrible things that he did and uh, so it's not a real happy movie yeah. it doesn't end well at all for the guy but um, we sent that off to the mommy film festival that got accepted and then got put in the prime time slot so and they get something like 150 to 200 films submitted to them so I, I was like blown away that we even got accepted yeah. uh, we didn't win but um, I was still quite happy just to be a part of that group and we met so many people up there it's that almost in itself was a win for us because now we know some extra people that do the filmmaking thing a little easier to network now and get some resources you need or could at least talk to somebody else to find out where to, where to go yeah. absolutely absolutely and like the very next day I came home the next morning I got my email and we got another film accepted down in Cincinnati uh, called Mental State Revelation which is our biggest project that we've tried to do yet um, and went in cahoots with another production company from Fremont called Power Horse Productions and the two of us uh, made the film together so um, and then that also got accepted at the Cleveland Comic Con Festival and then uh, just uh, last week we found out that we got accepted in Madison Wisconsin at a festival up there for the first movie I was talking about. So four different festivals, and um, we have about three or four that are haven't made their decisions yet. They'll let us know within the next few months. So that's keeping us from just releasing them online because yeah. a lot of our first films you can find on our website and watch them totally for free. Yeah. But these three you won't find because if we release them online, we disqualify ourselves from the festival. Oh, okay. So. That's what led us to having uh, a showcase here in Fostoria where everybody can come down and see the films. Cool. So, do you want me to just go into that? Or sure. Do you, okay. <laughs> so, that is... Roll with it while you got the steam going. All right, no problem. <laughs> uh, so, on November 4th, 2017, we're doing a, a film showcase, which features uh, five different short films that we've produced. Mm -hmm. Um that's uh, down there at the banquet hall where Dillinger shot up the bank. Oh, yeah. It's okay. right across from the police station. I think it's 125 South Main Street. But that's November 4th, 7.30, the doors open, 8 o'clock. It's free admission. We're not charging anything. Uh, they're selling popcorn and pop, and all the proceeds from that go to the Foster Community Arts Council. So, okay. So it's kind of like a fundraiser almost. Um, but it's more to promote what we've done and just you know try and this is the way we can show the films and not be disqualified because mm -hmm. you can have a public screening but just releasing it online you know I guess that stops people from wanting to go to the festival if you can watch it online so, makes sense so that's that so we're hoping we get lots of people this is the quiet Chris has been in a long time <laughs> well usually a lot of times it's uh my guest, and we start gabbing, getting back into old days, and this is that's true. Sure. You have relationship with already, so I'm trying to. Plus, the the man's talking here; he's promoting. I'm that not is ready true. to interrupt him. <laughs> that is true. I'm good at that. So I definitely. Uh... Well, next time I'm going to interrupt you. Next time you try to <laughs> oh, feel free. Feel free. Don't let me ramble. 
No, yeah, uh, you, you get a gold star today, Chris. It's very good. Thank you. I mean, I'm actually trying to keep it PG too, so some of his listeners might want to listen to what we usually have to say. That's, that's why I've been quiet more than not. I can't. This probably is. A, well, I was gonna say this is the cleanest podcast we've had in a long time, but uh, you're, you're you still got a beer on the floor, so right. I'm not smoking. So. <laughs> Well, that's okay. You brought me in on a Sunday, so I'm still recovering from a from a long weekend of filming, and my drinking probably won't start till later tonight when my weekend's finally over with. <laughs> All right, now we got business out of the way. We can talk about everything else. That's... Yeah. So everything else. So yeah, I'm. Next time you need any bodies, I'm, I'm nominating Dan and I <laughs> to be in your next video, especially if you need any uh, soundtrack music, because we're also in a band, Sacred Cows. And Absolutely. Get old. If you have any, <laughs> need any old punk rock or skateboard music or anything just goofy or sarcastic. Okay. We're people. <laughs> we have used um, in one film. We used a guy from here in town. His name's Charles Daxton. He's like uh, he does. Um, I forget what he calls it, but to me, it's kind of like sci-fi synthetic, or not synthetic, sci-fi synthesizer music. Right. Yeah. Because he's got these awesome keyboards in his house, and he makes uh, CDs and stuff. We put him in a film for sure, just because listening to it inspired us, you know. And then there's a, there's a band up in uh, Cleveland called Dark Arena, and they're, they're a real heavy metal band. Um, they're extremely talented guys, I'll tell you what. And we, we use them in Mental State quite a bit because it just matched the, yeah. the feel of it. But I have used music from all kinds of different places. Just like you say, I mean, it doesn't matter like what you play. There's a space for it in a movie. You know, I can always find something somewhere where that makes sense, you know. Or sometimes just listening to a song... I see a scene around it, so absolutely, we, I would love to have you guys. I'd love to feature local folks in our movies instead of like just because music costs a lot. I mean, I've spent yeah. hundreds of dollars on a film just getting the music for it. Um, so you know, if I can highlight a local artist, and oh, I'm all there for that. So absolutely. So now see, I'm, I'm going to make you a star. I was just your. I was. I need ten percent <laughs> because I was just successfully your manager right Thanks. there. I was your talent agent, and I think. I need 10% of anything that you get out of this. Along with my own cut, of course. Well, I already knew from the beginning of this you were just along for the ride just to just to milk me of anything I could get. <laughs> no, actually, I was going to bring up, Matt, do you still play drums? Um, actually, I, I haven't played for many years. I got into guitar, like, right at the end of high school. and um, I remember you getting into guitar at that point. I was just, I was curious. Just... Well, I'll tell you what happened was, is like, uh, there were so many drummers back then. And um, I don't know how the scene is now, because I've been out of the band scene for many years. But back then, there were drummers everywhere. There was, like, very few good lead guitar players and no singers. And, and they found out that I could sing, and I kept getting thrown a microphone. And, uh, and I hated doing those two things at the same time. Yeah. And there were so many better drummers around. I'm like, there's so many better drummers than me. So I just eventually jumped to the front of the stage and ended up singing in a band uh, for many years after that. And we even recorded a national CD for uh, St. Jude's Telethon. And that sold all over the United States. We had a single that was put on it. And uh, that was about as far as I got. But uh, we got to open for Fog Hat one night cool. over in Finley at Brandy's. Well, back when it was called Brandy's. Brandy's, yeah. Oh. 
Oh, the um, days. <laughs> and uh, one time we won a, we actually won a battle of the bands one time and got to, and the, the prize was opening for Quiet Riot up in Cleveland. And I know you guys are into the heavy, heavy stuff, but back in those days, I was all into the glam, yeah, you know, the I mainstream remember. stuff. And so that was, that was pretty awesome. Uh, that was a pretty awesome uh, thing was meeting, uh, meeting those guys and getting to play in front of, oh, there was man. like 1,500 people there. So that was the highlight of my career right there because after that, it just, they outlawed smoking in bars and just killed us. I mean, yeah. that, that was the end of it right there because all of our followers smoked and they were like, we don't want to come and sit and you only have a cigarette once an hour, man, you know, and <laughs> cops would, cops were sitting down the street busting uh, people true. and yeah. it just, you know, I don't know how it is now, but that was kind of the end of it for me. Um, the music scene, local music scene starting to grow again. A little more of like uh, independent music yeah you know not, um, the, not the stuff you hear on radio yeah. definitely not like not, not 40, a cover band I think people are tired well, of going to the bar and hearing just a DJ playing stuff yeah. so live entertainment starting to slowly come back in this area again um, and there are certain areas where if you play in a cover or a tribute band you can make a lot of money uh, if if you can take doing that all the time right yeah, right I don't know it's friends with a guitar player that plays in a electric circus they're on Facebook and everything like that but they're strictly like 80s okay 80s rock radios metal hair metal bands and all the stuff about, I know Matt loved during every weekend every yeah. weekend they're in a different spot just and they grow they draw the crowd I see people on Facebook that are like when are these guys playing next? They're, yeah, they're popular. That's no doubt. That's cool though. That's uh, it's interesting though that you mentioned that because I've grown so far away from that now, and my music choice is so far removed from what most people listen to because I am a huge fan of soundtracks. So I'll listen to soundtracks like all the time. Actually, I can kind of get that. That's actually yeah. So I would That's say eighty cool. percent of what I listen to now is is some soundtrack. I mean, any I don't know if you've seen the movie Malif. Uh, I can't even say it. Well, yep, that's it. That's probably <laughs> one of my favorite ones lately in the last 10 years that's came out. It's just such an awesome... And it was my grandkid that turned me on to the movie because I had to watch it because she wanted to see it. Yeah. And she, I ended up watching it and she ended up going in the other room because it was too scary for her. So it was kind of funny. But I was like, this music <laughs> is amazing in it. So I got bought the soundtrack and I love listening to that stuff. It's just... Cool. I still um, listen to the soundtrack from uh, The Crow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you hear? I had to take the post down because my wife got a little <laughs> snitty about it. But I had bought. We were at uh, found out there's a record store in Ada. Who knew? Oh wow! But guy does decent business, and one of the things he had was the soundtrack from The Crow. And I'm like, I'm like, I haven't had this in years. I think I still had it on cassette mm-hmm. when I had it last. So I bought it, took it home, and was, you know, yammering about. Oh, I'm like, oh, there's so many good covers and everything on here. And my wife's like. I don't think I've ever heard it. It's like what? <laughs> I mean, because my wife, she's a little older than I am, so I and we we meet on a lot of the same stuff as far as music and movies. And I was like, how did you never hear this? And she's like, I don't know, I just missed it somehow. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm gonna let you borrow it. You know, listen to it on your way to work. You know, tell me what you think. I think you're gonna love it. So <laughs> next day she comes home, she hands it to me. She's like, meh. <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck am I married to? <laughs> I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. 
That was my that was my Crow soundtrack story, I guess. So excellent movie and uh, that oh, yeah. awesome soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, I spent a couple Halloweens dressed up like that. <laughs> could just. Uh, Why do I think that's more than just two? Somehow, though. Could wear my uh, my regular outfits. I used to wear out to the clubs and just put a little face paint on. I was like, oh, you're the crow. <laughs> yeah. Like, every other day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's what's since we're talking about movies, have you had any recent favorites that you've seen? Because we usually talk about movies on this podcast anyhow at some point. Um, well, it's it's not a newer movie, but I had I never heard of it, and a friend of mine suggested to me it was a movie called Paul. It's a it's a sci-fi of oh, yeah. alien, and I seen that and I was that was just so entertaining, and because he had to wear shorts, I'm like finally somebody <laughs> somebody addressed the issue of you know. Uh, genitals and an alien so uh, <laughs> I, and the actors and I big fans of them and uh, uh, yeah really the uh, as I call them the Edgar Wright crew guy yes. who did Shaun of the Dead yes. at World's End uh, Hot Fuzz yeah yeah I so like it was a, that was a super entertaining one um Oh, I have to think for a minute. Uh, just watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Was terribly disappointed in that. And they've they've gradually kind of gotten worse. That's how sequels are. But it it, it is it's a money grab movie. Yes. It's, it's, it's just we know we can make money on it, so we'll just shuffle another one right yes. out there. Yeah. Yes. And I tend to float to them because of the graphics and the because yeah. I'm into so much CGI and everything, and I've always. Uh, I, I learned so much from watching those kind of movies, so I tend to float to them. But um, there's been quite a few that's that uh, like a lot of the Marvel movies that's came out. It, it started great, but then, you know, I'm to the point now in in my career where I'm almost picking their parts of their scene apart, which is really strange for me because <laughs> I don't feel I'm at that level and I shouldn't be saying anything. But you know, like some of the fight scenes, I think they're just they're too. Uh, it's hard to explain it without getting technical, but I think is they're too chaotic. Yeah. And you know. Oh, like Michael Bay. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. that's why I cannot I cannot stand Michael Bay movies because if I'm sitting there going, what what is going on? I can't follow any of this. Yeah. Then the more explosions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Transformer like, movies became too much for me. I could not. Yeah, I mean, there's a time and place to get chaotic like that, but yeah. if you do it too much, you know, I believe in peaks and valleys. Exactly. You know, you got to bring your audience up and then back down. And even in music, you kind of got to do that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and if you just try to go full force the whole, whole time, thing, yeah. you know, there's nothing to build to. Yeah. So, um, you know, that yeah, I'm with you there. So I tried to... Do, I'm a fan of like the older kind of movies where everything was a little slower, but then throw in that, that, you know, to really, when you really want to get violence across or, or a jolting point, you know, then maybe it's a time for a couple of shots like that. But yeah, seven minutes in a fight scene where it's like, you know, I think I counted something like 750 cuts, you know, that's, <laughs> to me, that's taking it beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, beyond the it's realm. Just like, I have a lot of money in cameras, so this is what I'm going to do. And just right, but it yeah. sells, so I don't. It know does. How, I don't yeah. know how I can argue with it. You know, it's hard to argue with that. I don't know. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I'm kind of the same way. I like a movie that builds a story a little bit, and I don't mind a little bit of action thrown in right off the bat if if it conveys and propels the story more. Yeah, if it, actually. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight, uh, the one with Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. Those first five minutes of that movie, yeah. I was sold. Yeah. Because you are sitting there going, like, what is this? What's going on? And then when 
the other bank robber starts knocking off his fellow bank robbers. I don't know. It, to me, it sold the story. Yes. I'm like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm on board. You were, yeah, you were involved right from the get go. So, yeah. sort of like private, uh, Saving Private Ryan, yes. how they started that, you know, and almost revolutionized. That's kind of what started that whole high shutter, and that's what it is. They crank up the shutter on a camera, and that gets you that jolting yeah. look, and then you just do a cut every half of a second, and that pretty much gets it to you, you know, and that's yeah. how you can do it. And it's relatively easier actually to do that than it is to actually do a choreography and slow it down and let the let the actors act and everything that's actually a little tougher because now you can't cover things with cuts you they yeah. gotta really sell the shots and yeah it's it's extremely hard uh, we just started to dabble with fight scenes in a movie and mental state revelation has oh it ended up being just a couple of minutes but it's it's the big fight scene at the end you know but gosh we worked on it for an entire weekend and you know nine hours of filming turned into two minutes Mm -hmm. on film and it's it's it gives you a real big appreciation for even bad movies out there because i know what it took to make you know just to go through and you know we we had a cast of 30 casting crew of 30 people on mental state which was almost overwhelming to me that was so many people we're used to five six people and um to keep that managed you know and and thank goodness there was other people that was also in charge of keeping things managed because without all them doing their job I would have lost track of what we were doing long halfway through the thing, but uh, um, the fight the fight thing itself is just so difficult to because first you got to figure out you know what do you want to show, and then you got to get the actors all on board with it, and then you need to bring in somebody that keeps everybody safe because yeah. if, if not you're going to end up with bloody noses and people suing you and parents and because we work with a lot of under 18s so then you got parents coming after you so it's like safety is like the first priority once we get on set so we brought in a stunt coordinator Jacob Lemieux from uh, Michigan who's who's done some actual feature film work and uh, so he was our stunt coordinator and it was just amazing watching him with all his techniques you know and and it's amazing you got they're like four or five feet apart from each other when they're swinging at each other but it looks like bam you know you just put that camera in the right spot and then the angle sells it so It's it's an eye-opening learning experience this summer, for sure. Cool. Totally got away from your question, but... (laughs) It did a little bit. Yeah. That's that's fine. Yeah. I was still... About the movies. There was one other movie I watched, and I was... I couldn't think of the name. I just can't think of the name of it, or... Well, I'll I'll fill some time then while we're trying to think of that. All right. So, uh, I checked out... Actually, I got on the plug with Mr. Crude's Plex Network over here. Checked out Alien Covenant. And I'm a real big fan of the first two Alien movies. Even the third one wasn't terrible. Story wasn't the greatest, but but I don't know. That series has gone so far, and especially once they did Prometheus. Prometheus is a gorgeous-looking movie, but the plot just kind of gets thrown to the wind a little bit for me. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those movies I need to watch again. But now they are so concerned about keeping tying in the Alien movies in with Prometheus now that you, they kind of hit you over the head with it so much. Right. So I think Covenant could have been a little bit better of a movie, but I still was like, well, I know where this is going. The android's going to turn on them again, as usual. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's exactly what happened. The spoilers, I guess, for anybody that hasn't seen it already. But Which is me. I have, not, I have not actually seen that yet. It's worth watching once. It's still a good movie. It's still They still try to build the suspense like they did in the earlier ones. 
but it, there's a lot of things you can see coming, and yeah, when they keep bringing back the Prometheus link, it gets a little, eh. So, I guess, recommended worth watching once, I guess, that's, that's my, how about you, have you seen it yet? Oh yeah, and you just, you just had me thinking that because, uh, it just reminds me of listening to, uh, like Art Bell on late night talk radio, or, or like, his name Clive Lewis Ground Zero and they're talking about like the engineers actually like you know start the aliens came to this planet and that's how we started <laughs> evolution and this and that and aliens exactly <laughs> exactly you tie all those together like they're they're they're, they're taking the plots of these movies from all the what do you call it well it is conspiracy was- theories about Evolution that, and that was part of what Prometheus, I think, was trying to get across at one point is that this alien race had designed humanity, but they decided humanity was no longer fit to live, so they engineered this virus to wipe them out, which was, but it cross pollinates with human DNA and it creates the aliens. Right. So, aliens. I'm doing the down. hand. Ge- can't see this at home. Doing the hand gesture from uh, was Stefan on uh, an- Anopolis. Ancient aliens. Ancient aliens. Guy. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it was aliens, but aliens. it was aliens. So I've also I haven't. I need like ten more minutes. Started watching Baby Driver. Have you seen it? Yeah. Have you, have you watched Baby Driver? No. Ever right? No. Oh, it is an excellent action action slash heist movie. Okay. So. Well done, I thought. And everybody, you know, they... Like, the soundtrack is the main focus of that movie because the guy's like a getaway driver, but he can't drive without his headphones. He can't drive without his music. Okay. So the whole time, they're just, like, classics and new, and it's it's a good soundtrack. It's good, yeah. Overall, it's a good movie. I'll have to check that out. Like I said, I've always been kind of a fan of heist movies anyhow, and sometimes heist movies are kind of hard to convince them to pull off, because there's so much over-the-top action on a lot of them. Right. So, but this one, it, it, Edgar Wright still sells it. So. Yeah. That was the what I was actually trying to, the one movie I was trying to think of was, it was a heist movie, and it's got uh, Morgan Freeman in it. Uh, what, uh, they, they lost her pension. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... What was that? I, yeah, I know the movie you're talking about. I can't think of it. That, that was really oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, friend Andy Dufresne and I are going to do a heist. Yeah, uh, yeah what was that? Because I remember seeing in the... Uh, Down at San Juanteo. Uh, San Juanteo is where they're doing the heist. Because I remember at one point they're doing a getaway on one of those rascal scooters. At yes. Point. yes, yes. Yeah. I can't think of it. Yeah, I know the movie you're talking about. I can't think of the name of it. It was really good. If you run across that, that okay. that's definitely worth a watch. Uh, Chris is checking it out now. Fill some time for me. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> spit it out here. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think. We've covered movies, music. All right, well, we'll do the other product. Watch wrestling at all. Uh, no, I don't. No? Uh, okay. I'm not a wrestling guy. I'm not a political guy. Um, as much as I do video and film, I watch very little TV. And um, <clears throat> I would say the TV that I watch ends up being like Intervention and like the police dramas because that's what my girlfriend watches. So when I'm, I just come in and that's what she has on, so I'm watching it. But uh, there's a the thing about women that it's either police dramas or the shows about murder. 
Yeah, yeah, she loves that too. So, I have not met a woman yet that doesn't watch shows about murder. Which means she's trying to figure out a way to kill you and get away with it. No, well, that must be just about all women then, because even like a lot of women I talk to at work, the majority of them are like, why well, I can get home and watch whatever crime thing is on. And I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, because I'll come home or, you know, I'll hear the. They found the victim at 7.45. A jogger had come across and like, oh, hey, hon. Watching, yeah, this came on. I'm like, I don't think it just came on, but whatever. So, so yeah, so yeah, don't watch a lot of TV. I mean, I used to be a big sports fan too, and just uh, lost my passion for that as well. And going uh, in style. Yeah, that. Yeah. 2017. That's Desperate it. to pay the bills and come through for their loved ones, three lifelong pals risk it all by embarking on a daring bid to knock off the very bank that absconded. That's a good word. That's a, that's a scrabble <laughs> word. Absconded <laughs> with their money. Yes, the very good movie. Highly recommend that one. That was enjoyable. Michael Caine, Matt Dillon, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yes, that is the IMDb in a nutshell. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Morgan Freeman, he's great. I mean, I've seen him on a show where he was just talking about some some tribe in South America somewhere, oh, which yeah. normally I would have absolutely really no interest in, but he was making it so interesting just because of the way he delivered the, his lines and stuff. So he's, a, nerd, wasn't he's it? a he's a classic. I think that was the name of that show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I saw it too. It was. It, it sold you. It was just like, oh, this is... Yeah, anybody else... right in. Yeah, anybody else, I would have just went right on by, but... Uh, I was like, oh, he's also a narrator for uh, like a sci-fi series yeah. about the existence of God or something. Yeah, yeah. Or like in the God in the universe and yeah. And you know those I used to watch those, but they're they're so hard for me to watch because they don't ever get you anywhere. It's they always say, oh, we're gonna find, we're gonna discover this today. We're going after the search for UFOs or whatever. But you know, at the end of the show, it's like, well, it could be or couldn't be. You know, <laughs> like there's no ending. You know. Well. To sum it up, we really it. didn't get anything. We're kind of at the same spot we were at the beginning of the show, but we need to sound like we've got a solution. Right. But we don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, <laughs> and they all, you know, go shows right along with it. They're all like that, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, so I stick to movies where I know there's going to be an ending or maybe at least a sequel coming down the road. And um, See, I'm kind of, I watch a little bit of TV, but most of it I just watch because my wife watches. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of it. I mean, because really the only shows... Blame her for your bad choices. Yes, exactly. Because, <laughs> uh, like, the only TV I'm really hooked on, I do watch, I'm still watching The Walking Dead. I still like that at this point. Um, Preacher, that sold me, but I liked the comic before. And that universe Garth Ennis who's the writer for Preacher originally comes up with some really screwball ideas but you're it, it just it's always sold me mm-hmm. as far as I'm like alright I love this idea I'm with it so Absolutely. I like Preacher there's not really a whole lot else unless it's usually music related that I'm checking out so right. Um, American Horror Story, Horror Story is a pretty good one. I've not watched that yet. I've heard about it. I just ben watched, binge watched it over the summer for about three, four days where we were down and didn't have nothing to do and uh, and caught up on like three seasons of that. And that was that was pretty good. That was pretty entertaining stuff. So I gotta admit, I am thinking about getting Netflix now because the new 
Punisher series is starting. Oh, Because yeah. he hooked me up with Plex, and then I watched Daredevil, and that was good. And then when they introduced Punisher, I was like, oh, if they make a series out of this. Yeah. So. Daredevil was good. Jessica Jones is really good, too. Is it? I watched that one. I, heard, I had several friends say it was good. I just I haven't gotten around to watching it. Yeah, the Iron Fist is uh, not not as great as as those two. It's all right, but uh, I thought uh, yeah, Daredevil was really great, and so was Jessica Jones. They they really knocked it out of the park with those. So cool. Well, Chris, you got anything else? You've... Oh, I don't think I could uh, add to that without embarrassing myself. But it's never stopped me before. It's never stopped you before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, Matt's actually got to be somewhere in a little while, so I think we'll go ahead and uh, let him go. I think I'm done babbling for a while. Uh, I'll have you plug your sites again real quick. Um, the uh, the studio online is uh, CaptureOneOnline.com, and uh, you can find us on Facebook, Capture One Studios. We do Instagram. Um, and on YouTube, it's uh, the hashtag for that would be CaptureOneTV. Um, and... That's just about it. We got our film showcase coming up November fourth, which is next Saturday. I don't know when you're. I don't know when this, this will is. be out. Uh, okay, between Monday and Tuesday. Okay, so this Saturday then, uh, November fourth, um, the Fosteria Film Showcase. Five short films, all for free. Starts at seven thirty. So. Cool. And thanks very much for having me on, you guys. This is the first podcast I've ever done in my life. That really? Yeah, no one's ever asked me to do it, so it's actually kind of thrilling. Cool. For sure. So now I'm now you got a new fan because I'll be listening <laughs> for sure all the time now. So. Well, like I said, once I because you know it's, I discovered you back on Facebook. I kind of been following what you've been doing. I think it, I think it's cool. So long time ago, I guess we'll you know I'll tell the story real quick and I'll let you go. Uh, not long after we got done in high school, I actually worked at TV Forty Seven. Oh, cool! In Finley. Okay. Which I learned it taught me many things because that was the one thing I kind of wanted to at least get into some sort of videography or cinematography from but going there I learned <laughs> I did not like doing live news live news sucked yeah and I had a boss that liked to yell at everybody about everything wow. so but I did learn I kind of liked missing using the editing equipment so that became a little more natural to me and I actually used that in some some skate skateboard video projects I did later oh cool but but yeah uh, from yeah, I got a little taste of it at TV forty seven for a while. That's awesome. It was, I, it was fun. It was a learning experience. Even as as terrible as it was in some aspects, it was a learning experience for me. So absolutely, I tell you, I did. Uh, t- I majored in TV production in college and uh, and couldn't get a job anywhere. So you did. You did better than me. I went to college for it and could not find a job to save myself. So I ended up working at a hotel in Fosteria or managing it, and that's what I that's what I did after college. So man, but it ended up helping out. Yeah. Even though that equipment way back then is nothing like what they're using now, <laughs> you know that's and that's the tough part is trying to stay up on it. But uh, um, fortunately, the way technology has gone has enabled people like me to to be able to come to the forefront and do things like that. Yeah. You know, so you know, anybody can afford a, like a high definition camera or you know like a even if it doesn't have good audio like a GoPro. You have other ways to record your audio then you still have like your high definition film and yeah that's yeah absolutely that's the way yeah. it is nowadays yeah I mean you know for those folks out there that are wanting to do it that you know they try and they're like that audio sounds so terrible you know you you don't record 
audio with your camera, you know, and that's no, always, no. <laughs> you record audio with microphones and an audio system that's separate from that. So, and that's how we do it, you know, and right. yeah, yeah. You, you learn that right off the bat and that you can separate you very quickly because there's a lot of, I mean, there's production companies out there that I know right now that I won't mention no names, but that's how they do it. Oof. And it's like, you know, ah, you know. So I mean, it's, it's cool that we're able to, in this area, bring something yeah. like this. You know, I'm really proud of that. You know, and speaking of that, I did, there was one other thing I did want to plug a little bit, um, is we, what really got us uh, going, because I always wanted to do it, but really what lit the fire was uh, the Foster Area Visitors Bureau came to me because they knew that I had this interest in film and everything mm-hmm. and asked me if I would do a documentary on the history of Fostoria. That's right. All right. I forgot about that. And I was like, I was like, well, that would be really neat, you know? And, um, and uh, so they were like, well, we're taking bids and uh, they went around to a couple other places and they, they actually told me who they else they went to. So I went and I checked those places out, you know, and I got to thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this could really be done really in a cool way. But, you know, I don't think anybody's going to see the vision the way I see it. So I bid like $0 to get the job. I was like, I'll do it for free. And I didn't even have a camera at the time except for like a little handy cam or something like that. So I just busted out my credit card and went and bought a bunch of equipment. And that thing sold like wildfire around here in Foster. And they ended up, they've ended up making almost $20,000 in DVD sales. And we're on volume six and it's going to come out this Dece- this December. And so we've made six of them later and now we charge them to do it yeah. and they still can make a profit. And that's just amazing to me because I've watched them fix bathrooms and roofs and, and it's, uh, that's probably the most proud accomplishment I think the studio has done cool. is to, is to be able to help out Foster like that. Yeah. And, uh, uh the really cool moment that really kind of hit me, I was at a, uh, they were doing an event downtown and I was standing around with some of the folks from the historical board and the visitors bureau. And there was a couple people from Tiffin and Finley there. And they were all talking about how they were so jealous of Fostoria because we have these historical videos. You know, of course I'm like, well, call me, (laughs) I can help you guys out. But that's not the point. The point was that it was neat to finally see Finley and Tiffin look at Fostoria and be like, wow, they got something we don't have, you know, yeah, so. Exactly, because ever since, I, I, I was going to make a uh, smart-ass remark about Fostoria history being there was once a lot of jobs and factories and many people worked, <laughs> now there's nothing. It's a ghost town and everybody goes to Finley and Tiffin yes, for employment. Yes, yeah, that's that's a terrible <coughs> that's a terrible reality to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, I do know this though. I can you know, there's a lot of people that rip on Fostoria and put it down, but there are a lot of good people in our city officials office, in the visitors bureau, the chamber of commerce, and the community foundation. And that, this that, town does so much with nothing. Yeah, I mean, they they pull what they pull off for the little bit of resources that they have is almost amazing to me. You know, and then. It's a shame that some of the events don't get kind of the turnout that they deserve, but you know, you know, we do have some things like the Latino Fest. I mean, and that brings in people from all kinds of different yeah. cities. So, oh, yeah. at least there's people trying. It's not just like no one's trying. So yeah. at least someone's trying. And when you try, that's the only you know you're never going to win the lottery if you don't try and, and actually play <laughs> it. So. You know, that's at least one positive that, you know, I like to spin negatives into positives every chance I get. So yeah. that's my thoughts on Fostoria and politics. That's about as far as it goes <laughs> right there. Speaking of politics, I, I grew up until I was about 18. Neighbor, uh, the mayor was my next door neighbor. Okay. And I always partied at his house and <laughs> swam in their swimming pool. Are you uh, a 
No, the current mayor. Oh, Eric Keckler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Down there on, uh, he lives down there on Tiffa Street now. He's a nice guy. He's I'm really not going to have guy. to edit that out now, am I? No. <laughs> All right, all right, we're, we're, we're going to release Matt, let him get out of here. He's got to shoot the go-to. So I thank you for coming by, oh, man. Thank you for having me. Have you on. We're going to have to have you back. Uh, every so often we do uh, a games and trivia episode where we do movie trivia and everything else. We'll have, okay. we'll have to have you back on one of those. All right, so all right. Put him up against Spradlin. We'll see how oh. that goes. Then we got another friend. What's he? He works for the entertainment at the Finley Library. Finley Library and has movie nights and. Oh, he'll probably kill me, but I'm, I'll try. I don't know. I don't know. His 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 wheelhouse is classic Italian horror films. Oh. You, you give you give him anything that's uh, modern or unrelated, it might not. It's a little uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You, you'll you'll it'll be a little more fair. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, thanks again for coming out, Matt. No and uh, I guess for. Uh, Closing statement. Uh, I've never been here before. There are no Hulkamaniacs here. Where am I? There's no Hulkamaniacs here. All right. I want to thank Matt again for uh, coming out to Parts Unknown, hanging out with us for a while. Uh, I want to drop a quick plug for Custom Torso. Now at a new location. 120 West Columbus Street, Kenton, Ohio, 43326. Phone number there is 419-835-4823. Once again, phone number 419-835-4823. And they are also on the book of faces for screen printing, screen printing, screen printing, and embroidery. So they've done a lot of work for us. If you've seen any of the Punk Off podcast t-shirts or Cancuzis, uh, they're the ones that do it. So they do excellent work. So, once again, Custom Torso, 120 West Columbus Street, Kenton, Ohio. New location. Phone number, 419-835-4823. So, a little while back uh, on the uh, Punk Off Podcast Facebook page, I uh, had a band reach out to me recently. Uh call and uh just kind of gave me their story uh they were interested in coming on the podcast and i told them because they weren't local they're actually from phoenix arizona um i told them i'd love to have them on but uh chris and i need to get our shit together a little better as far as being able to skype and interview vans a little bit but we would eventually find a way to have them on but uh, i checked them out um really cool band kind of punk noise art a little bit of metal um so, figured we'd play them here at the end. And the uh, name of the band is uh, American Standards. And the uh, song I think I'm going to play is uh, Writer's Block Party. So, be sure to check them out on the web. They're on Facebook as well. Uh, Bandcamp. Check them out on Bandcamp. You can get their uh, albums there. So, here it is. American Standards. Dancing around!
prestigious King of the Ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin, an incredible victory. The first thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. Don't just get him out of the ring, get him out of the WWF. Because I've proved, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 3.16. Austin 3.16 says I just whipped your ass. Come on, that's not necessary. All he's got to do is go buy him a cheap bottle of Thunderbird and try to dig back some of that courage he had in his prime. As the king of the ring, I'm serving notice to every one of the WWF superstars. I don't give a damn what they are. They're all on the list, and that's Stone Cold's list, and I'm fixing to start running through all of them. As far as this championship match is considered, son, I don't give a damn if it's Davey Boy Smith or Shawn Michaels. Steve Austin's time has come. And when I get the shot, you're looking at the next WWF champion. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Obviously, anything but humble, the fourth prestigious king of the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin.